you have your Bibles and you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20, and I'd like to begin reading in verses 22 through 27. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 22 through 27. Beginning with verse 22, and now behold, I go bound in the Spirit and to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness, witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 22 said once again, I go bound in the Spirit. I'd like to just speak to you a few moments. Simply the thought, bound in the Spirit. Amen. Can we just lift our hands and let's just go to the Lord. Ask the Lord to be with us in His Word. God, we thank You for Your presence. We thank You for each and every opportunity that we have to get into Your Word and to just receive life and to just receive joy, receive something, God, that would be encouraging to us in the days to come. Something that would strengthen us and something that would just take a hold of and just do something to our lives and just make us a stronger and a better servant and make us a better worshiper, make us a better person to do a work for you and your kingdom. We thank you for your word, God. We ask that you would just guide and direct us in the message tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We find that the definition simply, the word bound in Webster's Dictionary, just simply is the past tense and past participle of bind. If you want to get technical, the actual word bound is a part of speech to the verb. But it simply means to, to be confined by bonds, tied. Being under legal or moral obligation, equipped with a cover or binding, predetermined, certain, determined, resolved. That's just the definition, a few definitions of the word bound. Many times we talk about a person being bound with bad spirits or of the devil or something of evil terms. But I, I want to speak to you just simply about something uh, that is a little more positive, a little more encouraging, amen? 
We can be bound by the Spirit. We can be bound by the Lord. Amen? We talk about those bad things being bound and a bound of bad habits and all of this kind of stuff. And and you can't get loose and you just seem like it's it's hard to, to free yourself from those things. But let me tell you something. I want to be bound. I want to be kept. I want to be captive. I want to be kept in, in captivity of the Spirit of the Lord. I want to be in, in captivity of God and His grace and His mercy and His love. Amen. But bound in the Spirit. Paul missed attending the Passover feast in Jerusalem. And he was interested in arriving on time for the Pentecost, which was 50 days after Passover. He was carrying gifts to Jerusalem only for the believers. Let me tell you something. The gifts, the good things, the blessings, the miracles, healing is going to come to the believers. Amen. Salvation is going to come to the believers. Amen. If you want gifts, then you need to be a believer. Amen. But he came to Jerusalem only for the believers. From churches in Asia and Greece. And these gifts were anything represented as contributions and offerings and food and clothing. In Jerusalem, the church was having some difficult times. We find that the Pentecost was a day of celebration and a thanksgiving unto God, a praise unto God for His provision. To the believer, there are gifts of blessings. To the believer, there is provision. To the believer, there is celebration. Let me tell you what a believer is. A believer is a giver. A believer is a person who prays. A believer is a person who looks for good things throughout all of life. A believer lets nothing come between them and the God they serve. Let me tell you tonight that a believer wants revival. A believer don't question, but just wants answers from God. A believer skips a meal for a need in life's difficult situations. A believer don't miss an opportunity to witness. A believer won't forsake the house of God. They will attend His house. A believer will worship A believer accepts the bad and inhales the good. Amen? A believer sees something there when it's really not there. For the believer, it's not an easy road. For a believer, it doesn't solve all the problems. For a believer, it just puts us in touch with the problem solver. Amen? The believer trusts. In the problem solver. Amen. But Paul said. So humbly and with many tears. 
But he never quit and never gave up. Can I tell you today that the believer is the one bound in the Spirit? Amen? The believer is the one that's bound in the love of God. That won't let go. They would rather stay captive to the arms of God, captive to the chains that God has them in, because as long as they're secure and locked up with Jesus and His love and His mercy and His grace, then they don't have to worry about the things that could get in the way and cause them to get away from God's presence. Amen? The believer, the one bound in the Spirit, can't do anything but love. Can't do anything but send out praise and worship. The one bound in the Spirit, just as Paul were preaching about, is one that just can't do nothing but have revival and bad times. Some people think that when you're on the mountaintop and everything is going fine and dandy, that that's when we need to have and schedule pencil in a revival on the calendar. No, my friend, it's just the opposite. When you're going through life's difficulties, when you're going through the worst time of your life, when you're going through a drought, when you're going through despair, when you're going through a, a financial burden in your life, that's when you need to have revival, amen? That's what revival's all about. Being bound in the Spirit will allow you in your difficult times to continue to still sing praise unto God when there really ain't nothing to praise Him for. Being bound in the Spirit will let you have revival when revival fires seem to have been burned out. Amen. Uh, being bound in the Spirit, those times you feel like that you just don't seem wanted. Those times that you just seem like that you're burnt out and burn up, so to speak. And you just don't seem like teaching that Sunday school class no more. You don't, you don't feel like uh, maybe leading the song service no more. You don't feel like ushering or being in the front greeting people with a smile when they walk in the place of worship. My friend, being bound in the Spirit won't let go of that desire, that passion, that longing, that love that you have, that you got when you first received the Lord. You received the Holy Ghost in an old-fashioned altar of repentance, and you were taken down in the name of Jesus Christ and you were baptized in His wonderful and lovely name. My friend, when you're bound with the Spirit of the Lord, you won't burn out. But you'll keep loving. You'll keep giving. You'll keep giving everything. You'll keep serving. You'll keep reading the Word of God. You'll, you'll keep pushing toward that, pressing toward the mark. You'll keep moving forward for God instead of moving backwards. The message of salvation was important to Paul. And this kept the fire burning within him. What kept this man who could easily get discouraged? Any average person today with all the trials and all the difficulties and all the, the, the torment and all the pain and all the captivity and all of the things that Paul went through any of us would have quit and died and, and, and give up a long time ago. But Paul had something on the inside of him, and he admitted what it was that kept him going. He just simply said, I bound in the Spirit. I can't go to Jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there without being bound in the Spirit. It's my desire... It's my prayer, it's my message to you, to each and every individual listening under the sound of my voice. 
that we do not know what is facing us in the days to come. There's some things that if you knew about, you don't know that you could really handle or comprehend in our little minds. But let me tell you something. If you're bound in the Spirit of the Lord and you truly have Him living on the inside of you, then there is nothing that you cannot face with Him. With Him. He is the one that can solve any situation, any life's problems, any circumstances that may confront us. But the message was important to Him. He never missed an opportunity to share it. And He preached that same message over and over. What was that message that Paul preached? He kept referring and kept preaching the message, turning away from sin. Don't keep going toward the direction of sin. Turn away from it. Easier said than done, but if you're bound in the Spirit, you're giving power to overcome. You're giving power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to help you. You're bound in the Spirit. It holds you in so that you can't be loosed or let go, but you can keep on. He said the message was also turning to Christ by faith. If ever there was a man who believed in faith, it was Paul. Amen. He believed in faith. He had faith in his God that no matter what happened to him or what would lie ahead down the road, that God would see him through it. Some of of you today, you need to, to come to the realization that Whatever it is, whatever obstacles, whatever hurdles are in front of you, that as long as you have God, you need to just have the faith to step out and just jump over those hurdles. Amen? And let the Lord do something. Amen? Tell someone about the goodness of Jesus was His message also. Even though you're going through a rough time, you're going through a storm, you have lots of tears and fears in your life. Paul put an asterisk that the words that His blessings will outweigh your life's difficulties. He believed and had faith that no matter what it was that the life would put out in front of you, that the blessings, the love, the grace, the mercy of God would help you overcome those things. Don't base an opportunity on how you feel. If you're upset, if you're angry, if you're sick, if you're tired, if you're aggravated, frustrated, discouraged, your feelings are rubbed the wrong way. Somebody didn't speak to you properly or right. Or or you just have a problem with somebody. Don't base an opportunity that you have to worship God on that. Don't sit there and let, let those chains begin to come loose to where you can give in to those things that can cause a hindrance to your life, your work, your service to God. Those things won't get in the way if you're bound in the Spirit. Amen? If you're, if you're wrapped tightly with the love of God, the Spirit of the Lord dwells on the inside of you, nothing can get in the way. Nothing can cause a hindrance in your worship, in your praise, in your attendance. Oh, there's people that I can't go to the house of God because so-and-so's there. And I have a history with them. 
But when you're bound with the Spirit, that will, it will cause you to love no matter what. Amen? We can find that things can cause us not to want to witness or be an example to someone that moment. I'll wait till I feel better tomorrow. I'm under the not-so-spiritual weather today, so to speak. There's no such thing. But what about that person in need of Jesus today? They won't be there tomorrow. We may not feel like witnessing or being an example today because of based upon our feelings. Yes, we get sick. Yes, we get tired. Yes, we get discouraged. Yes, we have a rough day. But somebody today, a soul is at stake. They may look at you today and they could die tomorrow in their sins because of the example that we lose out on that we could be that day. Don't let that interfere with that soul's eternity. We can be spiritual weathermen. Just observing a person, their expression, their looks, their actions. We're spiritual weathermen. Amen? That's right. Some people can look out and say, oh, you know, based upon the clouds and based upon the wind blowing this direction or based upon my opinion about, you know, what I think, you know, the moon, the stars, I believe it's going to rain or it's not going to rain or it's going to do this, it's going to turn cold, you know, the birds are feeding. We can look at that and we can become, you know, uh, uh, we can be in the natural as far as weathermen concerned. But there's also, we can be spiritual weathermen, amen? We can look at a person and tell if they're mad. We can see thunderstorms and black clouds. Looks like it's going to rain today because that person is mad when they walk in. You can see them stomp their feet. You can, keep, you can see the smile disappear off their face. They're upset about something. Oh, a hurricane or a tornado brewing. Something's about to take place. You can tell they didn't, they, we, they didn't let her in on something and she's upset about it. Oh, they, they were supposed to do this or do that for so and so and you, you were supposed to let me know and they're upset about it. And you can see the look, the expression, sometimes even the words. So help us. We're too predictable. Amen. We're too predictable. We can tell when somebody's upset. Somebody's had a bad day, come in on a Wednesday night, sit there, no smile, no enthusiasm. It makes you wonder why I even come to church. I hope it's to come and get the victory. Amen. But sometimes we don't. We let our feelings, we let things get in the way. We're not bound by the Spirit. And it can cause a hindrance in what we can get. It can even cause a hindrance in getting that miracle that God wants to give us. We preach this time and time again. That when you're predictable, you're easy for the pickings. The devil knows what to expect. He knows exactly how to get you upset or rub you the wrong way. He knows how to hinder you from coming to the place of worshiping just getting involved with the praise and the worship. Just like you're supposed to be doing. And He knows how to cause a hindrance to keep you getting from what you need to get from God. We're too predictable. Amen? We need to, we need to surprise 
catch him off guard. He catches us off guard many times. But we need to set out an ambush. I preached a message on that a while back. We need to set some ambushes out for the devil. We need to surprise him every now and then. Those things that usually get you upset. Those people that usually get you aggravated or frustrated. Why don't we surprise him every now and then and just say, you know, you're not going to get me upset about this because I'm bound in the Spirit. I've got the love of Jesus on the inside of me. Nothing is going to get in the way. Those times when we don't feel like praising God, the devil knows that we've had usually a hard day. And if we've had a hard and difficult trying day, that we're not going to worship like we usually do. Amen? We ought to surprise him and throw him off. That day that you've had the most difficult and the most uh, devastating, the, the toughest and, and uh, day that you've had at work and the most difficult going on, you ought to surprise Him and just worship God like you, you've had the best day. Just catch Him off guard and worship Him like you've never worshipped Him before. Give Him all praise and all glory. Catch Him off guard because you're bound in the Spirit. But to do that, you've got to be bound in the Spirit. Let's not be bound in, in, in His Spirit, but let's be bound in the Lord's Spirit. We can be bound with the opposite, but I want to be bound in the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord. We need, we're too predictable. We need to throw the devil off. We've got some people that are looking at us every day to be an example. We're too predictable to them. They know we get upset and they look at us and they say, well, I thought they were a Christian. I thought they were an example. I thought they were supposed to be happy. I thought they were supposed to have joy. We're supposed to. We're supposed to be bound in the Spirit. But we're too predictable to even those that are looking for us to be an example. Why don't we throw the devil off and be unpredictable? We had some, some of you, some of our people in our church that recently just said, you know what, I'm going to move from the back to the front. I'm going to be unpredictable. Throw the devil off, amen? Seems like he can distract you and Cause things to happen, you know, in the back of the church. When you get up to the front where everything is happening, the devil likes you to get as far back from the altar as possible because it makes it a lot further to walk to the front. When he gives an altar call, we ought to throw him off. I'm going to sit up at the very front and all i got to do is take one step and I'm there. Amen? If you want your miracle, you got to be bound in the Spirit. If you want your miracle... We need to be unpredictable. Don't let the devil just know exactly what our every move is. We need to catch him off guard every now and then. How do you do that? Prayer. Times that you, maybe you've been praying just a little bit every day. Won't you be unpredictable and, and pray a little more? Throw the devil off. Wait a minute. They're not supposed to be praying that much. They usually pray five minutes or ten minutes. Pray a little more than that. Wait a minute. They don't read their Bible every day. They just read it before they come to church or read it at church. My friend, if you want to be bound in the Spirit, receive the blessings, the gifts as He brought to them, to the church Paul did, we need to be bound in the Spirit. We need to be unpredictable. But we are too predictable. Somebody that's had the worst day of their life or to walk in here with a forecast of sunshine in their life. If what we had that we're talking about, that we have on the inside of us, is really true, and what Paul preached about, and what should be burning on the inside of us,
the Spirit of the Lord, if we truly have that on the inside, no matter what storm, no matter what difficulty, no matter what problem we're facing, we should be able to walk in with a smile on our face because there's a God in control and can turn the table and can turn things around. We've just got to have faith, even though it's not happening right now in our lives, that God can make a way. As long as we're bound in the Spirit and bound with Him, we need to come in with that faith. Even though it's not going on and those problems are going on, we should walk in with a smile and a joy in our, 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 our heart and people should look at us and not even be able to tell that we're going through a difficulty or a problem in our lives. I'm not saying to hide it. I'm just saying to just have faith in God that He's in control and that He's taking care of it. We need to walk in with a smile on our face. Don't let things, don't let feelings, don't let other people affect what we're supposed to be doing for God. If I did, if I let everything that, that uh, got in the way as far as people were concerned, what they thought or what they said about me or, or how in my opinions or, or their opinions about me, if I let all of that interfere with my walk with God, I'd never do anything for God. But I have faith in Him. My, my hope and my faith and my trust is in Him. Man will let you down, but God will not let you down. But we should have a smile on our face. We should worship God every service like nothing is going on, that He's in complete control, but we don't do that. The way we worship sometimes is like, well, God, you know, we have a pity party. And it's like, I don't have faith in You, so I'm just not going to worship You. No, we need to do just the opposite if you're bound in the Spirit. We should pray in the altars. We need to shout for joy. We need to praise God. I've preached this so many a time, that when somebody else has received a blessing, a financial uh, greatness in their life, or they've got a new house, or the Lord has blessed them with a new car, we should be excited more for them than we would be ourselves. Because they're our brothers and our sisters. We're all the family of God. When you're bound in the Spirit, you do that. The world gets jealous of one another. Oh, I wish, why, why do they got a new house? I'd love to have a new house. Or I'd love to have a new car. Why can't I get a blessing every now and then? I, I'm going through struggles and I'm trying to do everything. No, when you're bound in the Spirit, you're happy for everybody. We're all a family of God. Paul said we can do this. We should do this. Verse 22, bound in the Spirit, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. The Holy Ghost show Paul that he would be in prison. Verse 23 says this, and that he would suffer by not going to prison, though Paul looked at it in a positive way. He said that by not going to prison would have been a missed opportunity to witness to those there. Now, how many of us will look at prison being a missed opportunity. I'm afraid a lot of us will look at prison as being the end. And I shouldn't have, you know, I, I should have known this would happen, so to speak. But Paul took the negative and always made a positive out of it. 
You know, if it's a rainy day outside, instead of saying, well, I don't understand why it's raining, and I, I would have loved to have sunshine, look at it as saying, oh, it's a, a beautiful day because the Lord chose for it to rain because it's going to do something to the plants. It's going to do something uh, that would benefit the earth. You know, it's going to maybe it's uh, allowing me to do what I need to do on the inside today. Look at it in a positive sense. Paul looked at prison as not something negative. He didn't complain and say, well, I shouldn't have went here. I knew I should have stayed back. No, he said... If I'm bound in the Spirit, I'll go because whatever befalls or comes in front of me, I'll be able to tackle it because I'm bound with His love. I'm bound with God. I'm bound in the Spirit. So I'm going to prison because I'm going to have an opportunity to witness to somebody there. I'll just turn the bad into good. We accept failure too many times. Unless we get something in return, recognition, fun, money, pleasure, success, then it's not beneficial to us. We think we have to have something in return. Paul said these things are nothing. He said God is the only thing. Single-mindedness. Would you stand? single Minus. He was saying we need to focus on God and God only. Paul was only satisfied when he was doing God's work. How are you satisfied? Are you satisfied just by worldly pleasures? You satisfied and just the things going your way? No, I'm satisfied when I'm doing something beneficial for the kingdom of God. I want to be found somewhere praising the Lord. Somewhere doing the work of the Lord. Matthew 18 and 18 says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on this earth, you, 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 can, you can be bound by habits, addictions, but you can loose yourself from those when you are bound in the Spirit. When you get all the love of God that you can get in your life. And you get all the joy that you can get of God. I'll tell you, the more love you have for God, the more love you're going to have for others around you. The more joy that you get in serving and living for God, the more joy you're going to have in your life. The more peace you have with God, the more peace you're going to have with yourself and everybody else. Paul was only satisfied when he was doing God's work. The only time I'm happy, and I'm not saying that I'm never happy with, with my own personal things and agenda, my family and my home and the outside of these walls, but 
I enjoy and have a good time, but everything is centered around God. There's not a, a day that goes by that our family does not pray and thank the Lord for where He's brought us, for the health of our family. You may say, well, my health's not real good, but you're alive, you're breathing, and you have a God that can heal and touch your body. That's the kind of faith I have today. I don't care what confronts or befalls me. If I'm bound in the Spirit, just as Paul was, who cares? I've got God who can take total control. And if those things that confront and come my way, life's difficulties attack me, I have a God that can help me through it. But Paul was only satisfied when he was doing God's work. Focus on not just your need, but others. That's what Paul the gist of this is Paul was saying, focus on the others. Focus on God first. And then forget about yourself. Focus on the needs of others. That's why he brought gifts. That's why he came to the believers. That's why he came to the churches. To bring contributions, offerings, food, and clothing. That's why he went to the prison. Yes, circumstances led him to that situation. But he took that as an opportunity to witness but he couldn't have done it if he wasn't bound in the Spirit. Somebody today, won't you come today? Why don't we come to the place, the altar? Why don't we come to the front today? Let's, let's, get our, and let's bind our, our, ourselves today with His love. Let, let's be bound in the Spirit. Let's get closer to God uh, today than we've ever been, been uh, to the Lord. Let's, let's, let's pray and seek the Lord for direction today. Why don't we come today? Everybody, come and let's get more of the Spirit of the Lord in our lives. Let's get closer. Let's get to where God wants us to be. Amen. Let's, let's move up. Let's, let's, let's fill up our picture today. Let's fill up with joy and with love today. Can we come today? The Lord is so good today. He's worthy of all praise today. I want to be bound in the Spirit. I want to be bound in His love today.